Almost 30 with Krista Williams and Lindsay Simpson. Each week, we catch up with Krista and Lindsay to hear what's happening now, what hilariousness happened then, and to ask, is it almost 30? Yeah, no, it's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, How much did you drop at Bed Bath & Beyond, can I ask you? <laughs> <laughs> so, like 200? You know, uh, pretty close, oh. yeah. Yeah. I know, every time I go And I didn't room. even get that much stuff. Yeah, literally. And then the stuff that I got, it... I mean, I'll take it home and, you know, it's like a mop, you know, it's yeah. not anything overly exciting, but it's, it's kind of like when you go to Target. Mm-hmm. I always buy like candles and shit at Target. I buy clothes at Target. They're yeah, clothes. Yeah, I buy a lot of clothes mm-hmm. at Target. Their work clothes are good. Are fucking awesome. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. Like I buy all my like, because I don't give a shit about my business wear brand or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I look whack anyways. So I, I always buy Target stuff there and I love it. Yeah. No, yeah. Target has good work wear. Yeah. Um, they also have good shoes. Yes. I've gotten a couple oh. good shoes from Me Target. Me too. Because I don't spend a lot of money on my shoes, so I don't care. Yeah. I mean, you. They're not going to last forever. So, so true. take that. That's like any of my shoes. Yeah. But, like, but anything trendy, yes. Target will be That's making. It's like Forever 21 too, mm-hmm. for clothes. Yeah. 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 Um, I just wish they would put all this stuff in the same like strip mall. Like we could start at Target yeah. and work our way back down to like Cost Plus. So it'd yeah. Be like, Target. Mm-hmm. World markets. Yeah. Shit. Mm-hmm. What is got, like, World Market? World markets to me. I don't know what it is, but I got so much stuff <laughs> when we moved from World Market. Why do you not like it, Matt? <laughs> It's like Steinmark. It's just places that my So true. My mom loves, oh oh my God. Maybe this is Ohio thing, Snooty Fox. Do you guys have that? What? That's literally an Ohio thing. It's like a Steinmark, but in Ohio it's called Snooty Fox. I think it's actually one location. Oh, jeez. But we used to go in there and I'd be like, Mom, can you buy me this like polo ruffler run, pullover? And she'd be like, okay, because they always have like polo and Uh like Perry Ellis and Nautica. Mm -hmm. Every, all of those are always at those like, Discount yeah. parts. What is it called? Snooty Fox? It's called Snooty Fox. Oh <laughs> it's the worst God. name I've ever heard. Literally the worst name ever. Yeah, that has to be a, a middle of the country thing. Yes. <laughs> middle of nowhere thing. <laughs> I was going to say something about Bad Bath & Beyond, but I don't know. Well, it's funny. What when it I worked for Hulu, it was down the street from oh, here. Yeah. And when customer service got too big, they moved them into this building. Really? And we used to call it Hulu Beyond. Because it was um, across the street from Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. They must have moved them out of here. But yeah, yeah they too were. Big. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. There's customer service, like, call center people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, when people have cool. questions about how to use Hulu yeah, yeah. and they, you know, text or email or whatever like that. Yeah. So Usually they outsource that stuff. I'm surprised that they had it in-house. Yeah, no, it was like the biggest department. That's why they had to move really? them here, and then we called it Hulu Beyond because they got we were like, "Oh, that's so cool! You can go to Bed Bath and Beyond whenever you want." Yeah. And then of course they're like, "Why would you?" Yeah, need they're that, like, that actually sucks. I'm gonna get old crusty popcorn yeah. from Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks, sounds sweet. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, welcome to Almost Thirty. Yeah, thanks. welcome. Thank you. So glad you find it, here. found it. <laughs> thanks for being flex. We're so happy to have you here. Yeah. Thank you for we having me. Lauren McGoodwin, um, CEO of Career Contessa here at almost 30. I'm being choked by my cord. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're so happy to have you talk about career, talk about starting your own business, talk about I'm just excited to explore like the landscape today for mm-hmm. women in mm-hmm. their careers. Yeah. And kind of like talk about that, talk about where we are today. I think um, women are like now starting to feel mm-hmm. really empowered to like just make that shift and if they're feeling stuck or like Absolutely. in a place where they know there's something more or maybe they just want to completely change their career they feel supported and empowered yeah. it's just figuring out how and like 
building their toolbox to do Absolutely. that. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks to the internet, we know all the other options out there for us, right? Yeah. So that didn't exist before or not as much as it does now. And mm-hmm. so when you're unhappy in your job, you know you don't have to stay. Yeah. You know, so. Because you look at Instagram, you're like, but they're on a beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they have their she laptop by the travel. pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Like, no more cubicle life. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about Career Contessa. What is it for yeah. our listeners? <laughs> so Career Contessa is an online career platform for women. So essentially what we do is we help women build successful careers. And the three biggest challenges people come to us with are either they don't know what job or career they want to pursue, they're job searching, and we all know how that can feel. It's like a black box that you're applying to and you don't know Mm. what you're doing wrong. And then the third reason why people come to us is they want to advance or grow within their career. So that could be anything from, you know, looking for that promotion, trying to figure out how you can ask your employer for flex time because you just had Mm -hmm. a baby. Maybe it's starting your own business. Maybe it's even deciding like, okay, I've been working in this corporate life for this long and now I want to go work at a startup. You know, what's that like? So Mm, we like to think of ourselves as a one-stop shop for a woman's career. And what's crazy to me is there isn't a career resource out there for women. Mm -hmm. It's, and what's really interesting at Career Contessa, because we're for women, we get to talk about issues that only apply to women. Like there is a wage gap only for women. Yeah. There, more women take breaks in their career, and there's more men CEOs named John than there are women CEOs in this country. You know, really? so well of the yeah Fortune 500 companies. Wow. Yeah, so with Career Contessa, we get to address all of that, plus provide resources for women to really take on those challenges. And I, I like to think of the resources we provide women as going from you know, the most self-directed so you can read articles and interviews and be inspired and, and kind of go from there. Or we will literally hold your hand by working with you one-on-one with as um, we have a career coaching service. Cool. So whatever you're looking for, you know, self-directed or not, we will give you that advice. Cool. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so how did rational. you how did you start? What inspired you to start Career mm-hmm. Condessa? I know you're at Hulu. So mm-hmm. can you tell us about like... Yeah. So it's kind of a... I would say it was like a perfect storm of passion and Mm -hmm. personal story experiences coming together. So I really got into like being interested in careers probably when I was in college because I went to school to be um, an elementary school teacher. Mm. And I'm pretty sure looking at a J. Crew cl- catalog and like the business where I was like, ooh, look at that. Totally. I want to do that. And I realized as a totally. teacher, and this is so silly, but I realized as a teacher, my day was going to be the same thing every single day. Mm. I was You're never. Like, I'm so organized. I love planning. Yeah. I could totally do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd love to decorate a room every year. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute. I'm not going to get paid very much. Dude. And I'm going to have you fucking know, blessed same- teachers man oh my god one of my good friends julie caputo what's up she's a teacher in the bronx Uh uh-huh oh geez (laughs) (laughs) she deserves yeah everything in the world a medal of honor i don't know how she does it yeah i don't know how any of them i mean it's a tough job Mm -hmm. and then of course then they have their own kids and i I just can't imagine doing that so junior year i was like okay i'm not i don't want to do that anymore I want to get into marketing, which is so funny because I, I swear I just You're woke like, up and like picked. I'm a girl. I should be in marketing. marketing. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's Wearing totally clothes it. to work. I should be in marketing. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> so I really didn't know anything. So I got, so junior year, I was like, oh, I better start going to the career center. Mm-hmm. I better start reading like career sites. It, like I think there had just started some intern sites for and everything. So 
I like to say I, I was the career center's poster child because by senior year, I think they all knew me by you know first name and mm-hmm. I was going to all their events. So when I graduated college and I still didn't have a job, I mean, to be fair, it was 2009 and mm-hmm. that was not a pretty year for anybody mm-hmm. graduating, but I didn't have a job. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I just felt so disappointed. I kind mm-hmm. of felt like I had checked mm-hmm. off all the boxes perfectly. Yeah, you and, were sold that. Yeah. You were all sold mm-hmm. that. Yeah, totally. Go to college. Get a degree and then you'll have a job. Right. And, you know, the other thing when you think about getting a job after college is no one tells you, like, what to think about in terms of work cultures or Mm, environments or, you know, what, like, what to ask your boss. Are they going to give you feedback? I mean, my first, so basically, I was super disappointed. Life was tough. My boyfriend now, husband, boyfriend at the time, we moved to LA and I needed a bigger job market Mm because I went to school um, in Oregon and Portland, Oregon just wasn't a big enough job market at Mm -hmm. the time. So, I took a job in a university from and I got that through a family friend. And the minute I was in the interview process, I was like, this this is probably not going to be my cup of tea. But, mm-hmm. you know, rent doesn't pay itself. And I had no idea you whatever you'll get. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I didn't really think like going to work in a place every day that I hated was really going to be that bad. Like I, I didn't mm-hmm. really occur to me probably because nothing in my life had been so indefinite. You know, you're in school and you have like semesters and summers off and all that kind of stuff. So I get there and I'm miserable. Like I'm crying every day on the way to work because I that's mm. how badly I don't oh, want to yeah. go in. One day I spent like an like three hours feeding paper into a printer. Oh. And you just have this moment you're like, what am I doing? What am I doing? We used to have at my old, my first job, a shout out my first job. We had a, we are you at the cry room on 12? We yeah. A, we had a cry room on 12. Yeah. Like, yo, if you need a good cry, just go to the cry room on yeah. 12. Yeah. We cry probably mm, once a week. Yeah. I mean, first jobs in, are take turns. N- notoriously not 100%. great, right? And it wasn't even that bad. I was just like, you don't understand. Yeah. And, I look back and I'm like, it wasn't that bad. I think it was the fact that I felt like I was getting dumber every day I showed up. And also like, you have expectations. Yes. Like yeah. for like your first year out of college. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and work paychecks and, and have paychecks. Cool colleagues. That's exactly and going what you yes. I blame yeah. Sex in the City. Really? Yes. I do. Like they uh, made being a career girl look so glamorous. So true. And it wasn't <laughs> at all. And it was a very structured environment. It was like 8.30 to 5. If you didn't go to lunch at noon at 12.10, someone would come and be like, are you going to lunch? today and you're like oh my god like especially having having yeah. been in college where you've been managing your time it was just so anyway I, I didn't like that job and I was sort of on this endless pursuit of trying to figure out what I wanted to do because I was like I can't do this for the mm-hmm. next 30 years and so I was just talking to every successful woman I could come across and be like so what do you do and what I was really trying to do is figure out if like her career would be a good fit for me it was mm-hmm. like trying to I was trying on careers in a way. Mm. And one day for work, they sent me to do like a little recruitment exercise. And at universities, when they do recruitment, they're basically trying to recruit either high school students to come to the university or like like city college kids to transfer to this Mm -hmm. four year university. So I did that and I loved it. And my parents were like, oh, you should consider recruiting as a career. And literally my jaw hit the ground. I was like, excuse me, (laughs) I've been looking, I've been miserable for two years looking for a career and you guys have known this, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. I think what happened is careers today are no longer these linear paths and everybody calls a career or a job title different. So it was really hard to figure out what I wanted to do, especially out of college, because I had no knowledge of, of job titles and career paths. So I basically ended up 
reaching out to about 70 people on LinkedIn who are recruiters. About 30 of them got back to me. Yeah. And I was just trying to gather. Good. Yeah, that's yeah. a good rate. I thought so too. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, you didn't get reached out. I'm like, well, you, look, I'm okay with rejection. <laughs> well, recruiters like want to hear from you. Yeah. And I like, was. I can recruit true. you. <laughs> and you know what's really flattering, I think, too, for most people is when someone reaches out and they don't want anything other than to hear, like, what's your job like? How did you mm. get there? So I wasn't asking people for a job. I was just trying to yeah. gather more information because I had a feeling of like, look, I'm miserable here. I don't want to jump to another job and be, be totally. equally miserable, you know? Yeah, totally. So, so after those conversations, I really taught, like basically self-taught myself that I was going to, I really wanted to be a university recruiter and I wanted to work for a tech startup. Cause the other thing I was figuring out in this first job is what do you mean? Not all work environments are the same. You mean some people let you come and go whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, I just really never thought about career or the company culture when I was interviewing. Didn't yeah. even, I, I thought salary was the end all be all. Yeah. So um, long story short, I found there was an opening at Hulu and I didn't have any recruiting experience, but using, you know, what I had learned from informational interviews and some networking, I applied and, and I got a job there. And hmm. it was a night and day difference, like n- completely different to just sort of be like, oh, I like this job and I'm happy at work and therefore I bring my happiness around my friends and my family and my boyfriend. Like everything in my life got better being happy at work. Yep. And I don't know if that's like a millennial woman thing or I don't know, but... It's a human thing. Yeah. like human on this earth. Yeah. To (laughs) be happy in your job really makes everything else tick. And so I was working at Hulu and I had had this kind of epiphany of like, holy crap, that was (laughs) like amazing. And I was also enrolled in a master's program at USC at the same time, and they had asked me to start, or I was in the very end where you write your master's thesis. Mm -hmm. So I wrote my thesis on millennial women and career resources and Mm -hmm. why did I do everything right, go through the career center, all the steps, and I actually learned more post-grad through these conversations with real people. Mm-hmm. Like there's a huge disconnect and 100%. no offense to career centers, but they're notoriously bad. Yeah, and they're 100%. notoriously run by people who have never recruited, haven't worked in a corporate environment mm-hmm. in like years, you know? Mm-hmm. And so of course we're going to end up in places that are we're unhappy in. So y- USC actually gave me a little bit of money for during my master's thesis to create the first version of Career Contessa, which mm-hmm. was awesome. And then I tested it with focus groups. So it wasn't actually meant to be anything other than just like something I was using for my master's thesis. And when I first started, it was a little bit of advice, but mostly interviews, interviews with real women, because I thought that was the thing that was really missing. When you don't know what you want to do, you're like, can someone please just give me a list of all these cool women and what their jobs are and what Mm. they do? And so I had a really good feedback from that. And I wasn't going to take it any further, but because I was happy in my job and I was busy, but I was traveling with all these developers. I was a tech recruiter Mm -hmm. at Hulu. And they were asking me one day, like, what do you think you want to do next? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll be a product manager. And he was like, well, I hope you have a website to show off. And I was like, oh, well, I kind of do, but I haven't been keeping it. So it was, again, it's Mm -hmm. like kind of this perfect storm. I had this personal experience. I had created the first version for Mm -hmm. school. And then originally I I built Career Contessa and launched it because I thought I would um, leverage it into a new job. Mm. And when my time at Hulu was coming to an end, I loved it. I had learned a lot, but I kept comparing every job interview I was having to running career contessa full time. Mm. And I I just felt like then at that point in my career, it wasn't so much about figuring out what I wanted to do. It was how do you advance and grow your career? Like no one's giving you a a manual that's like, here's how to do it. Like Mm -hmm. make sure you don't miss any steps. Mm -hmm. So that's a very long answer (laughs) to your Mm -hmm. question. But basically career contessa was 
like many entrepreneurs, built because it didn't exist and needed to exist. Mm -hmm. And I was super passionate and wanted to do it. And it's now it's been about two and a half years since I left Hulu. And I do think if you're going to start a business, it's important to kind of have both feet in because mm. I, I can't even imagine how it's just very hard to be fully into what you're building if you have a full-time job and you're trying to build a you know an entire company on the side yeah mm. I think it's actually the best thing to to start your business as like a side hustle mm-hmm. to begin with but once you get serious and you want to go to that next level mm-hmm. for me I just knew like for, for me to grow career contestant to what it is today, I needed to step away from Hulu, which, you know, again, like I couldn't do, I couldn't have career contestant without the experience at Hulu being on the other side of the hiring table too. Mm-hmm. So how did yeah. you do that? Like, did you have money saved? Did you kind of? Yeah. Yeah. So I, game plan? definitely, I'm a very big planner. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I saved up money for like 16 months or I had like 16 months of savings before I left Hulu to launch Career Contessa. Mm-hmm. And I had Career Contessa for about a year before I started doing that. So, you know, I, I definitely had things very, very, very planned out, but I'm very risk adverse. So for me to jump off of the, you know, mm-hmm. very safe platform of working at Hulu where you had a paycheck and benefits. And I loved my job. Like that was almost the hardest part is that I was leaving a job I loved for the unknown, mm, but yeah. it was mine, you know. So yeah. it's always very easy to leave jobs you hate to go do your own thing. Mm-hmm. But when you leave a job you love and you're risk adverse, yes, you definitely save up your money because yes. you're like not sure, you sure. know. So then did you do an LLC or mm-hmm. like, because I think so what I'm getting at is there's a lot of women that are listening that do want to start their own business yeah. or kind of have a passion they want to follow. So like being detailed about what exactly it is to start your own business would be helpful. Yeah. I mean, definitely making sure you set up your, like you have to set mm-hmm. up your business, right? And you can, I had a lawyer that basically I worked with to do all of this. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing I did before I left Hulu okay. so that I was still having a paycheck because lawyers aren't aren't always cheap. Um, So yeah, I set up the LLC. I got a bank account. I made sure the website, everything like that was all set up before. So I actually- Is it on WordPress? No. So, well, originally it was on Mm -hmm. WordPress. Now it's not. But originally I worked with a design company in the same building as where Hulu was. And so I would go down there, you know, my quote unquote lunch break and spend an hour with them and we would design it. So like anyone that's starting a business, I would say definitely invest in the quality of your site, you know, make sure the images, the graphics, everything looks amazing. People read quality or like high design as quality. 100%. You know, I redid my website over the holidays and it was, it wasn't cheap, but it was the best it's the best investment best decision go live hq did my website there yeah they're and they're they're pros like the Mm -hmm. other thing is if you have like i didn't have a website before so by working with the pros they'll be like here you really need to make sure that you have this like Mm -hmm. i didn't even know what google analytics was when i was first setting up my site yeah so i always recommend to people do your best to try and do those things while you're still at work because you have this paycheck that's Mm -hmm. coming in and if you work with the professionals to make sure everything's done correctly, like you do not want your taxes getting messed up. Like mm-hmm. you want all that set up correctly so that yeah. as it's coming in, are you using QuickBooks? You have a bookkeeper, whatever it is. You just like. Do you use a book, QuickBooks or a bookkeeper? Um, I use a bookkeeper. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do? Like send them your receipts or like. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So at the end of the month, they reconcile everything and really? we kind of like they'll label where, you know, what the basically what that expense was for okay. and things like that. Um, 
And like the lawyer now at this rate, I only use her when I have like contracts between mm. me and another company that right. we're working on because right. obviously that seems smart to do. Right. So the setup, I will say the investment of getting set up was probably somewhere like between seven and eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Yeah. Which seemed so like that's a, website, that's lawyer, mm-hmm. that's account bookkeeper. L- and like LLC. LLC. Yeah, all yeah. that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um and I didn't hire employees until like two years ago. Okay. So the, when I first left Hulu to do this, I didn't have any employees for the first year. Okay. Oh, I didn't have any money to hire yeah. employees. So it's not like I was trying to do it all on my own. Um so yeah, I mean I think and there's a so when I left to do this too, there weren't as many like resources and websites out there that were teaching women how to launch their businesses. Now I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot and yeah. they're good and they have like online courses. Yeah. Like they have cheaper ways of everyone's like a teacher now. Mm-hmm. Every, it Haven't is such a formula. That, it's such a I'm formula. And like what? you don't have to be certified in anything. anything. Like I was a lot of them are reading but this I'm in these like blog communities. So there was mm-hmm. like a blog group and they were talking about everyone was talking about how they make money. And like I'd say like ninety percent of them are like, Yeah, I'm about to start an ebook about how to like do a blog, blah blah. And it was just crazy. I'm like everyone's like teaching people stuff. Yeah. It's cause it's scalable. You yeah. can create an online course once and sell it a 100%. thousand plus yeah. times everyone's a day. Like if getting you want. smart to that. Yeah. 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 And look Anytime that you are exchanging your time in, in exchange for money, that's tough because you either have to raise your prices at some point mm-hmm. or you have to start doing group things because you need more volume. Like it becomes yeah. a like you basically get to a fork in the road at some point. Mm-hmm. So I I definitely have been noticing that a lot, too. It's kind of mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's a formula like it's a bad thing. It's just like yeah. I see that people launch their business and they start blogging and they yep. have their expertise. They work one on one and then they eventually turn that into yep. an online course. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like I see a lot of um, I see a lot of the same content now. Like I'm like, oh, I like it's oh, like yeah. I'm like, I could do that. You know, because I've I've been in around enough, like around teachers and um, coaches and blah blah blah, like where I kind of know what they're gonna say or what they're gonna do. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and it's interesting. Like at Career Contest, I was saying we we go from you being very self directed, like you can download a worksheet and work on it yourself. Yeah, if, and mm-hmm. that's great for one personality type who's like super disciplined. They are gonna download. It, they're gonna follow this to a T. There are other people that. They might be disciplined, but it's in a different way where they want to pay, you know, to have a one-on-one yeah. session with a coach or yep. they want to take an online course that shows you step-by-step mm-hmm. how to do something. And like, I mean, we create all those options because everybody learns differently. But I also think that when it comes to resources for women to launch businesses, you ha- there's a lot. Like, that is definitely yeah, an I area agree. where people are all trying to be like, I can help women launch a business, yeah. you know, grow their audience, grow their email list. Yes. I mean, you know, the... Yeah. <laughs> so, not that that's a grow bad thing. Grow your Instagram, grow your email but, list. Yeah, that's why you see it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, start your own business. A lot of them that I see that doing that, I'm like, you don't have a success. Like, you weren't, you, you don't have the following or email list or whatever that I'd want. Yeah. So, like... But you know what's crazy is that they probably they probably know what to say. Like you yeah. can regurgitate what other people have told you yeah. and be an expert. Yeah, absolutely. I do that myself. But yeah. like with that, it's like I don't. You don't have a following enough for me to like want to buy whatever you're trying to sell. You well, know? my question to if people are taking those courses or working with those coaches is why do you want to build your Instagram following? Dude, you know, like they don't. Yeah, we were talking. You literally about just say the words. I'm say <laughs> why? Why? Yeah, and it's okay if you want to, but know why? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because yep. then it just gets lost. No way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Have a purpose. 
Well, it will help you stay motivated and like stick with it too. Mm-hmm. Like if you know the reason why, if you know what your goals are internally, you're going to be able to ignore the expectations of other people yeah. a lot easier, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you have to. <laughs> I'm trying to grow almost 30. I'm trying to grow 100. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to connect with more women. I'm trying to connect with more people. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be a place, a destination for inspiration on wellness, travel, and lifestyle. There you go. That's why I'm trying to grow. Yeah. You know, but others, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you don't have like, your life isn't something that like (laughs) not like your light i don't know well sometimes it's just ego yeah 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 Yeah. exactly you know yeah 100 percent. it's just interesting so you were talking about some of the resources that you have like what sets career contessa apart in terms of its resources for women yeah is there any other place that has resources for women there definitely are some other career sites out there. I mean, there's the ones, <laughs> there, there's the ones you've you've definitely heard about. I mean, LinkedIn is a career resource, oh, yeah, yeah. but LinkedIn the average they did a great job monetizing. Yeah, Yo, yeah, that was like crazy. And good job Shout for out. Microsoft for buying that. So like, true. <laughs> but they the average age on LinkedIn is. 47 and it's mostly used by men so what I mean is like yes there's other career sites but are they speaking to I mean the majority of our audience is millennial women Mm -hmm. so as far as other career resources out there they exist but there I don't know another one that's just for women Mm -hmm. and a lot of the ones that are just for women are very much helping women build or launch companies so like become influencers bloggers etc entrepreneurs entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. we really focus on you could do that you can absolutely use our resources to do that Um, the advice is very applicable to both but we are mostly trying to build a resource that helps women who are working for other people in the workplace yeah and Mm. saying this as an entrepreneur i think it's somehow the message has gotten kind of messy where it feels like entrepreneurship has been glamorized and 100%. somehow if you're not starting your own business like shame on you you've you've, you've messed up somehow you went wrong people are like I don't want to work for anyone anymore. Yeah. It's like, bitch, you're going to work for your clients if you're being an entrepreneur. And you guys Mm -hmm. know, as entrepreneurs, it's hard. I don't even know where that came from. (laughs) Because I don't even care, really. Everyone can do what they want. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But I I think everyone should be able to do what they want, and it should be, like, fine that that you work for someone else. You know, I work 10 times harder as an entrepreneur than I did before, Mm -hmm. and like somehow I just think the message has gotten wrong that you can't have a great life and career and work-life balance if you work for someone else. And actually I think you have more of that sometimes Mm -hmm. when you work for companies. And so for us, it's trying to bring exposure and information to people. But so the biggest difference between us and other career sites is that we are very much focused on someone who's going to work for someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And how can they build and grow within that? A Mm. lot of companies are actually, like they want the entrepreneurial spirit to come and work for them, you yeah. know, and they'll give them more flexible time. They can start projects. Like it's way better out there than it used to be, mm-hmm. which totally. we don't need to scare people about that. It's so true. <laughs> Dude, you know what I think about with LinkedIn? I was looking at it the other day for work. And like if you want to be creeping on people, look at their damn LinkedIn. Like if you're looking at their Instagram, you're looking at maybe 10 minutes of their Sunday or Saturday and you're like, oh my God, they're doing this. But like, 40 to 50 hours of the week, they're doing what they're doing on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. where you should be creeping to see, like, what's <laughs> up. Yeah. That's literally I'm what they're never doing. on LinkedIn. And I, mean, I probably. Do you I, have a LinkedIn? Yeah. We but, are connected. Yeah. But I probably have 8,500 requests to 100%. connect. 100%. I get emails all the time. I'm like, no. I don't <laughs> What know? do you want from me? Literally, I don't, I don't know. But maybe I should. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Maybe I should. What are you going to do on LinkedIn? <laughs> So like one of I feel like women in the workplace, like one of 
the challenge is, is to really like ask for what you want and it's mm-hmm. I think hard because we're expected to ask in a way that's calm and yeah. cool and collected yeah. <laughs> and you know be a kind of receive it. whatever we're given yeah. in a way yeah that might be an exaggeration but in some cases true it's true um, so how do you coach women to ask for what they want yeah I mean first it starts with asking for what you want right and mm-hmm. having them understand that I know that you would love to not be uncomfortable and have to ask for what you want, but no one in this life gets, you know, moves forward unless they go out and they ask for what they want. And um, it's funny, my my mom, she just had her like first review and she wanted to ask for a raise. And so we've been going through all this. Yeah, she, you know, she was a stay at home mom for years and more than years. And this is like her first real job. So it's really interesting. So I just went through all this with someone who's like very junior to this, but I've also gone through this with all my friends. I think when it comes to asking for what you want, the best thing you can do is figure out how to do it and like or research before you do it. So, yeah, like it's not going to work well if you hear over and over again, ask for what you want, ask for what you want. You go into a meeting, you're like, so I'm going to ask, I'd like to ask for 60,000 for, you know, and I'm currently making 50. They're going to be like, why? Mm -hmm. You know, come in and tell us why. So the first thing I always tell people, if you're going to ask for what you want and it's, let's let's just use salary, for example, you need to research. You need to know what you want first. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the number that you want them to give them? Why do you want them mm-hmm. to give you that number? Why, sh- you know, what have you contributed to the team? So have some sort of leverage. Also negotiating with like vacation days and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's so many that. other things that you could negotiate yep. for besides salary. Yep. I think salary is always a like the one people think of when they think mm-hmm. of negotiation. I actually went to this negotiation class once and this woman said that you negotiate up to 40 times a day. And I was like, what? <laughs> it, it, she means like you could be negotiating with someone at like... Who's like your gonna, barista. Yeah, bar- exactly. Mm-hmm. So she's talking about everything. But the point being is like good negotiation skills are never going to hurt you. So for negotiation, the idea is that both people win in the end. So mm-hmm. you need to be able to understand what is it that they that's important to them, what is their priority, and then what's your priority. And if your priority is that... 60 is what you need in order to make your life tick. You will not be able to take less than 60. Then figure out what else can you give to them. Like, or what's, how are they going to feel like they've won in the end? Is it that you are going to maybe commit to working there? Like you're loyal Mm. and committed to working there? Like think about what they want in their end and what, where, like what their priorities are as well. But yeah, I, I never encourage people to go in for a negotiation and just ask for it. I encourage them to start by setting up a meeting with your boss. Like it's never good to just jump in at three yeah. o'clock on an afternoon and be like, mm-hmm. hey, do you Wear have a minute? Sexy. By the way, I'd like to Put have 60,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like plan, plan, schedule out your meeting, rehearse what yeah. you want to say. You don't need to be, you know, anybody other than yourself and how you would ask for it. And I also think the more people prepare for this type of stuff, the more confident they become because all of a sudden they start to think about, okay, what have I contributed? Where are my accomplishments? Have I saved this company money? Um, I am a loyal employee. I've been here for X amount. Like all these things that you don't think about mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis, but they're what makes up your career to place makes it easier for you to go in and ask for that. And they're going to come back and maybe they'll say, okay, well, we can't offer you 60, but we can offer you 57. And you say, all right, I'll take the 57, but I know I want another week of vacation also, you know, like Mm -hmm. then you get to, once you throw out your information, they get to come back. Mm -hmm. And ideally most negotiation experts will tell you like, it's better if they throw out the number first, Mm -hmm. because it's called an anchor number. I think Look, that would be great, but that never happens. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it never happens. Every time I have an interview with someone, I say, what's your salary expectation? Mm-hmm. So I'm, you're going to get asked that no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it's better for you to kind of have done some of this thought process beforehand. And the other thing about asking for what you want is 
ask for it. Don't be loosey goosey. So like when I ask people in an interview, what's your salary expectation? They're like, oh, well, I'm currently making, you know, 45, but I I would, you know, ideally I'd like to make some more than that. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, please, please like be more confident in this. Be like, you my know, first what's job, your value they like called me to give me the offer. They're like, so, you know, what are you thinking for your salary? I was like, well, 35000 would be really great. And they're like, <laughs> okay, well, we start at forty. So I'm like, oh, yes. I was yeah. like, oh, yes, I won that one. Like, But really, it was like, yo, that is like not living wages yeah. for me. Yeah. Like, that is ridiculous. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, do some research before you throw 100%. out a number. And if you're not comfortable with a specific Look on number, store, sister. yeah, then throw out a range. That's fine, too. Yep. But you have to give something specific because recruiters want to know if this is a waste of their yep. time or not because they have a range that they're able to spend yep. on this role. So yep. that's why I'm like, look, as nice as it would be for them to throw out a number first, that's just very rare. rare. Like that rarely happens, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I completely agree. The salary negotiation thing's interesting. What is this? What is the situation right now with the wage gap? Is it 85 cents to the dollar? Uh, I think it's 78 cents to the so dollar. So we make 78 cents to every dollar. Yeah. So basically, like, for example, this year it was on April 4th was equal pay day. So okay. that means that women had to work an, up until April 4th 2017 to make the same amount of money as men made in 2016 damn yeah so we have yeah so we have to work a lot longer (laughs) than men so i don't get it is that just averages or yeah yeah that's average yeah across the board i mean certainly they're the same jobs yeah okay and for example like a man will come in and he'll start at 60,000 they'll pay the woman you know, 55000 over the like the span of your lifetime and your career, you're now constantly making less. So, yeah, like and that could be for the same job. It could be for different jobs. But the point is that there there is not uh, like equal pay for equal work for men and women. And there's some companies out there that are like Salesforce actually just did this. Big Salesforce thing. fucking rocks. Yeah, as a company. they're awesome. I was interviewing their their fucking their CEOs on point. Yeah, he's the best. He's like mm. for equal rights. He's like stand up against Trump about gay rights like he's an activist and he's Mm -hmm. amazing yeah no that's a great company and this is so one of the things we do at Career Contest is we have company profiles in order to showcase women Mm -hmm. about great companies for women to work for right Mm -hmm. and of course Salesforce Mm -hmm. it's not on there yet but that's a great company for example he went through and he realized that there was not equal pay for equal work and he said that's not okay and so the entire company is now fixing that so women are that have the same job as a man who is being paid less is now I just think that's so cool that's amazing he fucking rocks yeah he's everything he's great I mean, the whole company is just so. And you know what's thinking. interesting is that all those brilliant-minded women are going to want to go work at Salesforce, 100%. and they're going to ditch the other companies. And it's because those companies don't value them. So 100%. you just can't get away with that anymore. And like, thank you again, Internet, for giving us this transparency because companies are not going to be able to get away with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to. They call it like mommy tracking women. So like women, once they get pregnant, they get less opportunities for certain promotions and like projects. And women are speaking up about that. There's sites out there for women to leave anonymous anonymous reviews about companies. So I love it. Yeah, (laughs) I love that ladies are, you know, out there in the workplace and they're speaking up about this. And this is all very top of mind. And I think obviously after the election, you know, women are pissed and mm-hmm. so there's a movement not just for you know our rights in general but now you have these women who are saying like okay 
I'm not just going to speak up, you know, at a rally. I'm also going to speak up at work. And and I think that's important is that women consistently speak up about this stuff and mm-hmm. talk to each other about it. And but not just talk about it. You have to take action at mm-hmm. some point, you know, so going in and asking for the raise or going mm-hmm. in and saying like, hey, I just found out that Joe down down the hall makes $10,000 more than me. That's not OK, you know, versus kind of like. Yeah. Taking what would it. you do with that information? Because I feel like a lot of times that is the case where like. You have your role. You have someone else in their role, and you've they've negotiated something higher than you. So, what would you do if you find out that your colleague is making seven k more than you? Because um, it's almost like that's gossip a little. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like an employer's worst nightmare that people are like going to start 100%. talking about their salary. Mm-hmm. But actually, yeah. the more salary transparency that there is, for but then, like experience and like, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, you can go in there and ask them to justify that. You okay. can just point blank and say like, I don't understand. And Joe and I are doing the same thing. And again, that comes back with research. Like, mm-hmm. what is Joe doing? What are you doing? If yep. you, For example, what are his accounts? What are your accounts? Yep. It, it all comes back to not just like flying off the handles again yep. and being like, Joe makes 7K more. How do yep. I get more? Um, and making sure that you've got your facts straight first. Because mm-hmm. also, look, I don't think too many people are going to be lying about their salary, but... I mean, that's another reason why you don't go there and accusing anybody because what if Joe's lying? He so just did it because he wants his ego so to true. feel better, you know? So true. Joe yeah. always lies. <laughs> He's at the water cooler fucking lying all day. <laughs> oh, for the, the promotion thing and like the raises, I have a folder that I keep at work. That's like my kudos folder. So anytime mm-hmm. anyone says I did something well yeah. or any good email chains with clients or any good projects that I've done or any wins that we've had, I keep it in like in a folder so I can That's have so it good. like prepared. Yeah. yeah. I um one of the most popular articles on Career Contessa is the benefits of keeping a work journal. Mm. And we talk a lot that about about that a lot because for similar reasons, um, most people don't think about their accomplishments and what they've well, girls um, don't want to like talk about their accomplishments. They like feel yeah, weird talking feel about it. I know we always talk about what's wrong. Like have you ever noticed if you I'm ask one of your friend, like, how's work going? They're like, It's okay. Yep. But then it, and it yep. just like goes into this negative yep. place of all these things going wrong versus yep. what they've done right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keep writing it down, keep being a work journal. I also guarantee that if you don't do that, when you go to make your resume or you go to a networking event and people ask you about yourself, you're going to just draw a blank because you're going to mm. not remember because, again, like we remember all the bad things that are happening, not as easily the good 100%. things. 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is like just what people do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Human. Um, go ahead. Um, no, I was going to ask <laughs> go ahead, about. Lindsay. After you. <laughs> <laughs> we have a pot of blueberries on the table. I'm eating tons of blueberries right now. <laughs> Conflict in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel like, especially with women, mm-hmm. you know, it could be, I feel like there's opposite ends of the spectrum where it could be super supportive or like really yeah, a crazy, chaotic environment. I have a I friend agree. right now dealing with like really toxic environment of yeah. women just like not supporting her. Like she's doing her job well. She's like not, you know, ruffling feathers, but. It's a toxic environment. You got to suck like, their dicks. <laughs> they're lady dicks. At all girl companies, it's like you have to like go up to them every day and be like, you're pretty. I love your shirt. Oh, my God. Can yeah. you believe your that? Blush I cannot believe it's point. from there. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your eyebrows are amazing. That's why I could never fucking work at like a company that's like in fashion or anything. People are like, well, yeah, you her company's in fashion. So yep. it's like. I would never. It's my intense. Help. Do you yeah. find like, and and are you creating like a community with Career Contessa, like how interactive is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, 
So definitely the most like community-esque part of Career Contessa is anyone joining our newsletter, like that's definitely the number one place for our community. But also if you we also have a Facebook group that we're starting. So that's another place for like cool. I think for the community part of Career Contessa, it's still something we're working toward. Like we don't do too many events in person. You should yet. do events. Yeah, you I should know. have like a like a whole yeah. weekend. Every everybody always is like, you guys should do events. You guys should and it's it's definitely something we're have working speakers. toward. Yeah. yeah. But the community is really in social media and it's really uh-huh. interesting because we do something on Instagram every Monday called Mentor Monday. And you mm-hmm. can write in your question anonymously or you can, you know, add your handle and then we'll give you an answer and the community will join in. And it's so interesting because people, you know, with careers, they're so personal and there is not necessarily a one size fit all approach to the answer for yeah. something. And so for me to give you an answer, it's like I need to know more information. I, yeah. I would have to have all the facts kind of thing. And that's mm-hmm. why we have the career coaching service that we have on Career Contessa because you could get that if you needed it. But we are constantly, a lot of the articles we write about in career growth are constantly about how to navigate the workplace. So like mm. toxic environments, office gossip, what what do you do if you think your boss hates you or favorites the person yeah. next to you? Like I've had that happen. That's and I'm so like, true. You know, and so what happens is most of the inspiration for those type of articles are coming from people writing in. And then, the, like I said, the community part with the Mentor Monday. And we've done, we've done maybe one or two events. The other thing we do is we host webinars, which I know sound really lame, but the way we do them is really fun and cool and those are it's like an in-person event without the hassle of in-person events mm-hmm. and we have live conversations with an expert on a specific topic and there's like the live chat function that's going on while those are happening and those happen usually about once a week is insane really? and I think it's I think it's really great to see that women are will be chatting and another person will be like hey you should email me after I could help you or I can introduce you to someone or just to know that someone else is going through the same thing as you so the webinars at the moment are kind of taking the place of like the most part of community outside of social media and those are nice because like last week we did one with actually she's a blogger her name's Mary Orton but she used to work in banking mm-hmm. then she went to blogging and now she has a tech startup and we talked about mm. like five things everyone should do when they're starting out their career and you know those are obviously everyone's going to have different tips so yeah. to get everyone else's tips like oh actually here's a here's a sixth one that I think is really important to to include so what the, were the tips Um, so it was like, have a good attitude Mm -hmm. and it's like having, you know, attitude at work is so important because everything it's different to just be like, yeah, I'm not, I don't have a bad attitude. Like there's a difference between having a good attitude and just not having a bad attitude. You know, it's like coming in in the morning and saying good morning to everybody. Um, it's when you get an assignment saying thank you or Mm -hmm. being pleasant about it. Like I can remember having an intern once and every time you would ask her to do something, she would look at you like, like. Like you were just ruining her day by asking her to do something. And you're like, I, Mm. yeah, probably. And I was like, it's just not enjoyable to work with you. And when it's not enjoyable to work with people, they don't ask them to do um, assignments. Um, I thought another one that she had was a good tip was that that appearances matter. And she wasn't just talking about like coming to work, looking presentable with your clothes and your hair and your makeup. But she was like, if you're going to be talking to someone in the hallway or sending an email, make sure there's no errors. Make sure, you know, your commas are in the right places. You've spelled things correctly. Like you should be having professional communication with everyone that you come across. And I thought that was one that we don't usually tell people about where usually they're like yeah make sure you go to work and you know brush your hair take a shower in the morning you know let's see what were some of her other ideas networking so networking is a big one we I think we're all like sick of the word networking Mm -hmm. but one thing that's interesting is not just networking outside of your company but networking inside of your company Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't do that yeah and that could be your 
like a networking goldmine for you is if you work in recruiting, go have lunch with someone in marketing, go have lunch with someone in accounting, go talk to people because at some point they're going to be your best allies, whether you're moving up in your career or looking to move somewhere else. And those people move to other companies. And so I thought that was a nice change from everyone hearing like you have to go to networking events. In fact, I would almost say everyone can ditch the networking events for now if mm-hmm. they'll just start having lunch once a week with someone new in their company. Mm-hmm. You, you could you could get away with that. Totally. Yeah. I love that. It's like investing yeah. in the company. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, wait, how do, how do you... Do people like have a membership to Career Condessa? Like, how do you, um, how have you monetized? It? <laughs> how do like, I make money? money? <laughs> yeah, I get asked that a lot. So we have, wow, I do too. So we have multiple revenue streams, and we have B two C, which is business to consumer, mm-hmm. and then we have B two B, so business to business, business to consumer. They can buy. We have some online courses on there, so they can purchase those. They can also any hire a mentor. We call it hire a mentor, but that's our career coaching mm-hmm. service. So mm-hmm. any of those, we take a percentage of those sessions as well, and then sponsored. Content Content, so brands working with us. So mm-hmm. those are kind of the main ways. And then on the other side with businesses, businesses can pay us for we do training and development programs for them. Mm, that's cool. So that's a big area that a lot of businesses don't have. They have a slew of recruiters. And then once you're in a company, it's like they don't know what to do with you. And yeah. I mean, retention is a serious, serious concern for a lot of employers. And they don't want to lose these employees, especially after they've invested in them. If you yeah. leave a company you know, and it hasn't even been a year, the company lost money on you. Mm -hmm. So we'll go in and we'll put together training and development programs for their employees, primarily their female employees. So kind of these high potential employees who aren't quite at the C-suite or VP level who Mm -hmm. are showing a lot of potential for becoming great leaders. So how, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like leadership training for women before they're leaders. Mm -hmm. And so that one I'm really excited about. We actually worked with a company here in LA and we for six months, we matched each of their female employees with one of our mentors, and they got one-on-one career coaching for six months. And it was, I mean, they had such rave reviews. And that's just not something most employers have the bandwidth to do. Like, they don't have the resources mm. to have an entire internal career coaching team, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll come in and we'll put that together. We've also put together training programs, like the negotiation class I was talking about. We watched, you know, we had that go into a company. We've done, like, public speaking, which mm-hmm. is a tough class because basically people have to publicly speak in front of the class. They get video recorded and then they get feedback on it. Mm. And if you want to become a better public speaker, do that because that is so hard to watch yourself on video. And then also we have company profiles. So companies can purchase those company profiles and then it comes with a slew of other benefits. I like to say it's like HR meets PR. So they get PR for having the profile on there, but they're also able to post jobs on our site and recruit. Mm, I saw that. Mm. Yeah, a lot, lot going on there. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, That's there's amazing. so much. I was thinking about something when we were talking about, actually I wanted to go back to and talk about the toxic work environments because mm-hmm. I bet you there's a lot of women that are in mm-hmm. work that yeah. have are in a toxic work environment, have been in a toxic work environment, something like that. But I was thinking about just at your job, like the intern that you were also saying, how important it is for your coworkers to like you. Yeah. Like you need to be friends with your people like you don't need to hang out with them you don't need to get drunk with them after work Mm -hmm. but they need to enjoy working with you they need to like you as a person period the end like you could do an amazing job but if they have another person and and they don't like working with you they have another person they like working with that doesn't do as good of a job as you they're gonna work with the person that doesn't 
do as good of a job. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of companies, when they hire, so as a recruiter, you're constantly working with hiring managers and teams that are doing interviews. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of things that happen is one, people have so much training on how to interview, but not be the interviewer, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. part of it is training people that when you're in the interview process, how can you identify the, the, someone who's going to be a culture fit for your team and your company, right? But the challenge is like, please do not hire the exact replica of yourself, right? Like we can't have everyone be on the team be exactly like Lauren because Mm. we need the Mm. diversity and, Mm -hmm. you know, backgrounds, experiences, et cetera, even personality types, Mm -hmm. right? Like not everyone can be, you know, need to be the um, center of attention all the time. That's Mm -hmm. not great for a team. And I've got it. Yeah. (laughs) So I think a lot of that, if you're in a toxic work environment, that's, like, I guess we can hold on that question for now, but mm-hmm. for the person who is working in a work environment and either their colleagues don't like them or mm-hmm. they don't like their colleagues or vice versa. Yeah. It's really, really tough to be mm-hmm. in that. And there's a couple of ways of dealing with that, right? There's, there's having one-on-one conversations mm-hmm. and seeing if you can diffuse whatever conflict mm-hmm. is happening. And again, careers are so personal. It's like, what is the conflict that's happening? Is that they mm-hmm. are constantly yeah. gossiping? Is it about the work or yeah. is it about mm-hmm. like something they're dealing to- with outside of work yeah. and they're bringing it Absolutely. And some people are just negative mm-hmm. and they come to work mm-hmm. and they're just, that's just who they yep. are. And they're like that with every aspect of life. So yep. there's a lot going on, but if you're in a work environment where, yeah, you get along with your teammates and they're, mm-hmm. you know, they have your back and they're not throwing you in your butt under the bus. It can be a night and day difference on what type of work you bring to mm-hmm. to the table with that, too. So I, I think it's really important. And I think that anybody who's interviewing for a job, the it's just as much their responsibility to interview for culture fit as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So asking the right questions about, like, how do you guys give feedback to team members? What kind of team activities do you do? Would I be working by myself? Would I be working with a small team? Who are those people? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what happens is people, I think a lot of times, at least they go through the interview process and they basically get sold one thing, then they show up and it's completely different. Percent. And then they're all pissed off and they're mad at them. And yep. and it's like, no, it's it's your responsibility too. Like mm-hmm. you are interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. And you at least have had a lot more practice at interviewing. These are people who are first time interviewers sometimes or aren't don't have that much experience interviewing. And so sometimes they don't ask questions because they just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. So look, we can't control what other people do. We can only control what we do. And I think at the very least, like go in and have some questions prepared around the culture and mm-hmm. leadership is huge. Like people, mm-hmm. I know some people that love their jobs just because they have such a strong leader and they're That's like, me. I My would fall. is the bomb. Yeah. It's like, She's I would follow that person heaven. anywhere they go, like yep. whatever company they go. And you'll see that when a good leader leaves, yep. a lot of people will leave with them. So, you know, it's asking those questions and making sure is their management style mm-hmm. a good fit for you. Some people Are you love aligned the- with the company's vision. Are Absolutely. You with the strategy? Where, where's the company going? Yep. Does that matter? You know, and mm-hmm. a lot of times people just sort of wait. And this comes back to asking for what you want. It's like they just wait and have these questions thrown at them, but they need to throw questions back. I 100%. mean, nothing's more irritating as a recruiter, too, when you say, do you have any questions for me? And they're like, no, mm-hmm. I think I'm good. You like, need to ask about the systems yes. that are in place. Oh, my gosh. What technology you use? You know yeah. what I mean? Things like that. Yeah. There, and there's no such thing as asking too many questions. Yeah. This is your career. Like if you've had a job that you've hated at any time in your life, then, you know, you cannot ask too many questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
literally doesn't exist. <laughs> so how many people do you have working for you now? So in the office, there are four of us. Cool. Um, which is a nice number. Actually, all, all women. Actually, no, we just they're got all career <laughs> contestants. They're all career contestants. But we just got a guy who's been coming in the office a few days a week because he's our, oh. our video guy. And you uh-huh. pay and him it, less. <laughs> yeah, it makes sure I pay him less. But it's so get 78 cents to your dollar. Exactly. But just to see a guy in the career contestant office sometimes Aww. is so funny because it's, you What's know, his role? Um, he's the video guy. Cool. So cool. he's definitely more of the techie guy. But mm-hmm. we were talking about something the other day and he just chimed in. It was like such a girly topic, too. It was something about like shampoo and conditioner. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, actually, I'm a big fan of this. And it was just I was like, wow, you either Aww. are like really in tune or you're trying really hard. <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And what's challenging about like managing a team, even though Ugh. it's not a lot of people, but it's it's I would imagine it's challenging. Being a manager is the hardest job I've ever had in my life. And I have to say there are days where it's my least favorite job, too. And I don't say that I try not to say that negatively because I love everyone on my team, but it is so hard to manage people. It's a lot easier for me to tackle a project mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, this is the assignment. I need to get this done. Like I need to get this proposal to this employer. I, I can do that pretty mm-hmm. easily. But when someone comes to you and they're not happy in their career or they want to yeah. know about what's next or they're having a conflict with this other person on the team, you know, those are, those are human yeah, like a emotions. Yeah. yeah. Literally. And that comes down to an understanding, like how to, how to understand people's personalities and how to be able to influence them. So like some people's personalities are very much like they want the bullet point, right? And some people's personality, they want the whole storyline of why this is happening or they, for example, Mm. or they want to give you that. And so what I've noticed as a manager is that you really have to adapt your style to each person you're working with. And then you also have to have really set clear guidelines and kind of structure around the way you manage or Mm -hmm. what it is. Right. And that's, that's been a, tri- a lot of trial and error for me. I don't mm-hmm. think I was always the best manager, but something I work really hard to to do because I want people to come to work every day motivated and excited and do good work. But I also have a philosophy of hire smart people and then get out of their way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important for me when I'm in the interview process, for example, with Career Contessa, and I'm interviewing someone, I have to ask them, like, you know, tell me about your, you know, a time in your life where you were you had a manager or a leader and how did they manage you and what did you like about it? So understanding what kind of style works for them. Because if you mm. need to be micromanaged, you're not going to enjoy Career Contessa because mm-hmm. I won't do that. Mm-hmm. But there are plenty of people who, like I have one of the people that works for us, she used to work for a magazine, like a fashion magazine mm-hmm. in New York. She hated that, like mm-hmm. absolutely hated it. She did not like the aggressive behavior, like the mean girl stuff. So Career Contessa works really well for her because you don't get any of that. She gets to work on a slew of projects and she gets to have input. Whereas like in the magazine in New York, they would be like, I don't care what your opinion is. I just want you to do it like this, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, anyone who's a manager out there can probably agree with me that it's it's tough it's really really hard and Mm -hmm. it's it while management is hard you know leaders are not born we're we're made you know through Mm -hmm. practice and and that's why leadership training is becoming very popular or in high demand at companies Mm -hmm. um, because you have to have good leaders and what happens at most companies too is people become the manager or the leader because they were there the longest, not because or they're, they're the best. successful in the role. Yeah, exactly. And that does not mean that you're going to be mm-hmm. a good leader. Yeah. And it's it's a bummer because it kind of feels like, but that's the reward, right? The reward is that you did a good job and now mm. you got the promotion, you got more money, and you're the leader. But not everyone is 
like thrives in that. Mm-hmm. I always joke because my my husband's had the same job for 10 years and he did, I'm like, you have the best job. You don't have to manage anyone mm-hmm. but yourself and you kind of like get to be at the top. Like, totally. how did you do that? <laughs> like, totally. But so, yeah, so some people recognize that and they and they make sure to to not take on those responsibilities until they're ready or or vice versa until they're just like, they that's just them. not for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The toxic thing really quick. Let's touch on that. Mm-hmm. How to deal with the toxic work environment. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I feel for people. I've first had, of all, think if you're the problem. Maybe yeah, you're the one. problem. Yeah. Dude. Maybe you're toxic. Well, so true. it's true. First thing is you have again, we can only control ourselves, mm-hmm. right? We don't have a whole lot of control over other people. So first thing is thinking about what are what are you like when you come into the office environment yep. or and also trying what to under like you can in? you define what the toxicity is, 100%. right? Is it a personal thing, is it a work thing like you were mentioning? Is it something between you and your boss? Is it you and one mm-hmm. colleague, you and all your colleagues? So I think you have to first identify it. Then you have to start to think about, okay, what can I do differently? Maybe your communication style is like really aggressive mm-hmm. and it's turning everybody off. Like can you can you change the way you're doing that? Or what if someone on your team is like, I do not like when you just turn around and say can you do yada yada? Can you do yada yada? I want you mm-hmm. to send in an email. Like, are there little things that you could change in your systems mm-hmm. that would take away some of that negativity? So that's the kind of the first thing. And then also going straight to the source and having a conversation and being like, look, I I feel like we're we're not, you know, working very well together. I want to change that. How can, you know, can you give me some ideas of what I could do better to to make this whole working relationship go a little more smoothly and I think it's important to not go to them and be like so you do all these things that really bug me and I hate this about you you know again going going to them and being like what can I do to change this or what can Mm -hmm. I do to make it better and I know that's tough for people because they're like well I don't understand like they're the problem like why should I have to change myself Mm -hmm. for them and I do agree but look it's a starting conversation right Mm -hmm. and it's trying to figure out how can you guys get back on better footing with each other um there are certain times where look sometimes the toxicity is just to a point where you're like i think it's time to move on yeah, i think it's, yeah. it's time to get out so i think everyone kind of has to decide how good or bad that is and i would also say just like is this toxicity happening because you ac- actually hate this job you're miserable yeah. there and then you're kind of focusing on that toxicity is not great but there's we wrote an article the other day about like how to spot dysfunctional workplaces from the interview process. Oh, that's and good. so there's a lot of like, again, if anybody has like, these experiences on career contessa under advice, which is where we write our articles. Yeah. There's a lot more specific advice because again, it's toxicity could mean a lot of different things. Dysfunctional workplaces can mean a lot of different things. So that's, that's like an easier answer than trying to explain yeah. like di- mm. dysfunction. <laughs> no, literally. I love that. Okay. What are you excited about? Yeah, what's coming up? What am I excited about? What's coming up? So we are creating actually an online course, (laughs) another one, all about resumes, and we're including a resume template. And one of the reasons why we're doing that is because whenever people need a new resume, it is such an urgent, like, I need a new resume tomorrow. Can you make me one? So Mm. we basically have... Over the last three years, we've worked on a lot of resumes and having been a recruiter and looking at so many resumes, I know which resume templates work. And Mm -hmm. so we basically have created the templates that people can download and and then this course will take you step by step on how to fill it out, which I think is going to be very helpful because anyone who's doing a job search, it's like the first mental hurdle you have to get over is 
creating a resume yeah. and thinking about yourself. Yeah. And when you don't have a good looking resume, you don't apply with confidence. And yeah. that kind of comes through in a lot mm-hmm. of different ways. I feel like all companies want different ones. They do. I you mean, know, like, yeah. I, yeah. I was talking, I was interviewing Google and they, I had a friend that worked there. And mm-hmm. when I gave him my interview or my resume, he's like, can I redo this for mm-hmm. you? Like, or can I give you some advice? And he was like, you need to be much more numeric space. You need to be much more numbers, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, I wouldn't have done that for like another place that I'd be working. That's maybe more creative or like whatever. Yeah. No, you, you, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's another irritating thing about resumes is basically you have to tailor your resume to every single yeah, job and company you apply to. Yeah. And I don't really subscribe to the idea that people should job search by applying to jobs. I really think people should apply to companies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Focus on the company, not the job. Mm -hmm. Because like we were talking about like a toxic work environment, toxic employees, like you're much better off getting a great company and moving around to different departments than you are the other way. So yeah, so things coming up, uh, the new online course and then you know, fingers crossed, we might have some events coming up in the fall, mm-hmm. but um, nothing official with that, of course, yet. But yeah, um, yeah but it works. I mean, I think our number one job at Career Contessa is to get more women to think about career advice and working on your career, something that's fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, my joke is that we're competing with the, you know, the food and the style bloggers. Like, career advice isn't notoriously something you're like, ooh, I can't wait to think about this. Mm-hmm. And at Career Contessa, we, are writing in a really relatable tone. We always have, you know, mm-hmm. real experts. We were mm-hmm. talking about this earlier. Like we have women on there from that work at Google and Facebook and Uber that you can, mm-hmm. you know, work with directly. And so we're trying to bring this real professional yet fun vibe to careers and thinking mm-hmm. about that. So mm-hmm. no one has to feel like they've lost because they work at a company or if you're building your business and you, you know, sometimes even when you're building your own business, you can have a toxic work environment. So um, just really creating this platform that women feel comfortable at and feel like it supports them speaks to them i feel like too like there needs to be like information and like a spotlight on people that are in the workplace rather than like the entrepreneurs i feel like the entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. are kind of having their heyday and Mm. you know i am one yeah i'm one too but it's like there needs to be for everyone else that does love working on a team does love working for a company you know loves what they do in a corporate environment or you know startup environment there needs to be information for those people too yeah absolutely and we, community and, and we want mm, that whatever. you know the more female leaders we have mm. running companies the faster you know equal pay will happen yeah. the faster maternity and paternity leave will happen mm. like when women are running business like like look at Mary Barna of GM Mm -hmm. like she has the ability to affect like an entire policy of a company that Mm -hmm. employs thousands of people like that's great and thank God Mary didn't drop out and become an entrepreneur and do something else because now she's you know managing GM and making the difference there and you know there's the Sheryl Sandbergs like we just need more of those women I think we need more women and the spotlight to be more on women who are still climbing the ladder not always up at the top I mean it feels the same way with entrepreneurs right it's like we spotlight them after they've been become successful Mm -hmm. but what about the fight to get there so, true. so women who are climbing you know that elusive ladder mm-hmm. when I say that in quotes because it's not really a ladder mm-hmm. it's like a jungle gym yeah. <laughs> that you're swinging from I guess but how can we encourage them to stay in and not feel like they're only and, and only if you want to but not because you feel forced to is that your only option is to start your own business mm-hmm. because you, you 
like there are plenty of companies out there that want those women instead of starting a business they want them to come over here and be like mm. why don't you start this new project and run with mm-hmm. it um, and you're going to have tons of money and resources behind you to do that mm-hmm. I mean that's one of the biggest hurdles for entrepreneurs is okay how do I go from you know point A to point B yeah. with very little resources being as scrappy as possible you know so I feel like for a lot of women just as the last thing I was thinking about it's like they go with the entrepreneurship route because it's more flexible because they yeah. can be their own boss because they can manage their own time and then they can also have the family. Oh, so yeah. for them it's attractive because they can do it on their spare time. They can find whatever. Yeah. So a lot of times a corporate job isn't going to be as flexible as being an entrepreneur will be. And, you know, that's tr- that's absolutely true. But the <laughs> part of what's happening is there isn't enough information out there to let women know that actually companies are becoming very yeah, flexible. Like flexibility is the future of work, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of employers are recognizing that I would much rather you leave to go pick up your kid from school and finish this project whenever you want because, mm-hmm. okay, you have your email on your phone, you have a computer, mm-hmm. you have like you have I'm also working from home. Yeah, right? working from home. Kids go to bed, yeah. like whatever. Totally. And so th- the truth is, is that there's actually a lot of companies out there that are doing that. And the mm-hmm. more we talk about and put it out there, the more the companies that aren't doing it will have to do it because yep. they will not get the talented women that the other companies are getting. Yep. So it will so become, true. it's going to become a war on talent for these companies mm-hmm. and they're going to want to stay competitive which is great for all of us mm-hmm. so I actually would argue that if people are leaving the workforce to become an entrepreneur because they don't have a flexible environment it's like mm-hmm. did you ask your employer mm-hmm. if you could have a work a flexible environment yeah. also the other thing is you can sometimes negotiate to say look for the next two years I really need to be working you know 30 hours a week yeah. and no more than that or 20 hours a week mm-hmm. and sticking with it you know I see so many people who hop from job to job because they just don't want to have the uncomfortable conversation of asking for what's important to them and I think you kind of just have to get over that and be like, I'm going to become a person where I'm asking for what I want and I'm going to, it's it's a muscle, right? If you don't lose it, you, if you don't use it, you lose it. And that's all I can say is that negotiation gets easier the more you do it. And I think people have a lot of respect for women who start to say like, I'm not saying, you know, I'm prioritizing my life and this is how I need it to work. I need, and I've, you know, been here for five years, you know, have done this and this and this. I need you guys to work with me. Yeah. Right. And so I hope that if people want to do entrepreneurship or, you know, uh, launch their own business, I want them to be doing it for reasons other than they, you know, the flexibility thing or something else at work. Because unless you ask or if you didn't, you know, look around at other companies, then, entrepreneurship might not work out for you Mm -hmm. and that's I just say that because entrepreneurship is so so hard yeah and you guys know that too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, so true you know Amazing. So how can our listeners connect with you? Website, Instagram? Yeah, website is careercontessa.com. Every social media platform you can think of, it's just at Career Contessa. um, And we're pretty active on there. So, yeah, Career Contessa. Love it. Awesome. This was great. Yeah, so informative. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Love you. Yeah. You're welcome. All right, thanks, guys, for listening. We will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. (laughs) 